Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101. This is Matthew Aaron, and this is our anniversary episode. And just a heads up for any parents with their kids in the car, there might be an occasional bad word. Thank you very much for tuning into this episode. This has been an amazing year. July 21st, 2017 was our first episode. It was an intro and episode of Coinbase. And 156 episodes later, winning the Best Crypto Podcast Award and being put on the top 100 influencers, we are here today and we want to put out this anniversary episode to walk down memory lane to see where we came from, see where we are, and see where we're going. I want to revisit some of the listeners that were on the show the community members, the people that have been helping work on this podcast, this community for the past year, and revisit some of the great conversations we had with the guests. So please sit back, relax, and if you've been following Crypto 101 since the beginning, this should be all nostalgia for you. And if you haven't been following Crypto 101 since the beginning, this should be an appetizer to make you hungry to go back and check out some of our old episodes, our old conversations, and our old tutorials. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this trip down memory lane. Hey everybody, Kyle Finley here, Marketing Director of Crypto 101. Hey, this is Ross, lead writer over here at Crypto 101. want to say thank you to all our listeners. It's because of you we're building this community, and it's with you that we're going to help it grow. So walking down memory lane, let's start with our first episodes. Coinbase, maker and taker fees, crypto slang, just a little background. When I started this podcast, I was recording in three different places, either at my kitchen table, in my bedroom, or down in my apartment lobby. So in the background, you'll hear lots of atmospheric differences, either echoey, not echoey, me moving forward or back from the microphone. I didn't invest in a studio when we first started. It didn't happen until months later. For me, listening to my old episodes, it was a little cringy. So enjoy walking down memory lane to our first episodes. Anyway, today we're talking about one of the basics. It's uh, Coinbase. And Coinbase is an online exchange. Honestly, I think that if you're going to get into crypto, this is probably the first exchange you're probably going to hear about. Probably first exchange you're going to use and first exchange uh, you're going to have to come in contact with just because of the way it's set up. In my opinion, it's easy to use. It's safe. They have two-factor authentication. Coinbase was created in 2012, so it's a five-year-old company. It has now about 7.2 million users, and I think they're going for an evaluation of about a billion dollars. So according to Wikipedia and their website, they claim that they had about $20 billion in crypto transactions go through their website, which is a lot of money considering the valuation of the market cap of all of crypto right now, I think is sitting at $66 billion. Uh, this is on, um, this is in July of 2017. Uh, this episode is being recorded and then released in probably about a week or two, so I don't want to tell you the exact date. Um, <laughs> however, they're they're big. They're they're big. Today we are talking about maker and taker fees. Maker and taker fees. So these are the fees that you're gonna pay on an exchange, say Poloniex, Bittrex, Kraken, whatever other ones that you use. What is maker versus taker? And somebody wrote this, and I think it's just very well said. A trade gets the taker fee if the trade order is matched immediately against an order already on the order book, which is removing liquidity. A trade gets the maker fee if the trade order is not matched immediately against an order already on the order book, which is adding liquidity. Okay, so what does that mean? Let's just say we have, we're going to buy F, okay? And F is 100 bucks right now. <laughs> I wish it was 100 bucks. I think we all wish it was 100 bucks. Okay, but F is 100 bucks. Today on Crypto 101, we're talking about crypto slang. Noobs. Noobs is a, is, I mean, just new, somebody that's new to the game. Uh, I think anybody here can call me or I mean, well, I'm, I'm definitely a noob. I've only been in the game for about six months. 
It sounds childish, and in my opinion, it makes the whole cryptocurrency market look immature, uneducated, and irresponsible. Hold on for dear life, especially when you see that bear market or that that huge uh, correction coming. Like, for for example, if anybody was holding um, ETH when that went up to four, shit, man, it went up to 420, um, and then maybe 415, 420, depending on what platform you're using, and then that, that just plummeted, and you probably were shitting. I mean, everybody was probably shitting. This is the end of the world. We're, we're all going to die. Yeah. Actually, kind of funny. Everybody, everybody on their way up, you know, hits 400. Everybody says, oh, man, I wish I could have bought in at 150. I wish I could have bought in at X amount of money. Then it drops to 150. You don't see anyone buying. I don't get it. It's at 150. You just said you wish you were being. No, 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 not now because, you know, of course, it's dropping. Everybody wants to buy. Basically, what people say is they want the price to be 400 and pick it up for 150, have no risk, and still have it at 400. Jackasses. Yo, yo, when you're listening to these old episodes, make sure you're paying attention to the price. Make sure you're paying attention to the FUD and the FOMO. It's amazing to say, oh, I wish ETH was 100. My next early episode is one of my biggest fails when I try to explain proof of work and proof of stake. It was a horrible analogy. I actually pulled the show because it was just bad. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101. This is Matthew Aaron. And today we're going to talk about proof of work or proof of stake. Okay, but before I tell you this story, I have to tell you about Ohio sweet corn. Because, you know, Billy, I don't know what he was doing. He brought some corn, though, to a barbecue. Makes me get a bucket boil the corn and then put because I don't have no room on the grill anymore because everybody else brought corn and they went their corn cooked yo yo welcome to crypto 101 this is Matthew Aaron and today we're going to talk about hard forks and soft forks what is a hard fork and what is a soft fork and I have a nice analogy story to go with that hopefully it's a little better than our proof of work proof of stake story and today's episode is what different kind of haters are in the crypto space Man, the crypto space has haters among haters among haters. Haters everywhere. There's people not in the space that are haters. There are people in the space that are haters. There's altcoin haters. There's Bitcoin. There's just stacks of haters. Well, I want to just go through the different kind of haters and who they are. And we're going to start with the patronizer. It's somebody that's like just patronizes when they say something. And you, we all got that friend. We got that friend, you know, that may be in Bitcoin and trading crypto. And they've been telling you for a long time, like, hey, man, get into crypto. Hey, man, get into crypto. Buy some Bitcoin. Buy some F, like a drug dealer or something, you know? And then you finally get into crypto. And they give you that, oh, hey, congratulations, you finally got your Bittrex account. And you're just like, wait, was that a congratulations? Or was he dissing me? Was he hating? That's the patronizer. The veiled insulter is the next one. Now, this is somebody that just throws shade on everything. From Bitcoin market cap to the future uses of Bitcoin to cryptocurrency to it's that person in my last episode that's like, so why does it have value? It doesn't do anything. That's the veiled insulter. Now, this person just throws shade. And you know who that person is? Somebody that isn't in crypto. Somebody that doesn't know what crypto is. Somebody that hasn't done the research, hasn't talked to anybody, but stuck in their ideas that it has to be. These are the people that still think the U.S. dollar is backed by gold. Those are the veiled insulters. Then we have the pessimist and the deflator. Now, I put them next to each other, even though they're kind of not the same, but they're the same people in the cryptocurrency world. The pessimist and the deflator. Now, the pessimist is always hating. They hate everything. They hate cryptocurrency in general. They don't care what, what's going on. They're just going to hate. Why? Because they're pessimists. They think everything's going to be the worst. China thing's going on. You know, China's blocking Bitcoin. China's closing down the miners. They're shutting down everything. Everything is going to go tits up tomorrow because they're pessimists. Now, the deflators, they're kind of the same, but they're not. The deflators is everybody's saying Lambo's on the moon. The market's going great. Bitcoin's all-time high. Litecoin's all-time high. And they're the ones that are going to start fudding. They're the one that, if you're excited and you're happy, they're going to bring you down. They're going to bring you down. Now, who is this in the crypto world? This is Reddit. Reddit is just sitting there in their groups, in their subreddits, waiting to hate. Just waiting for that one 
topic to pop up and they're like, yes, I'm going to leave a comment and I'm going to hate. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101. This is Matthew Aaron. And today we are talking about Binance. Binance is the new exchange out of Shanghai. And it has been a big focus of my attention the past um, month or so. But it's only been around for a, about two months. It just said, um, I read it the other day, like 45 days. I think it was August 24th or 27th around then that they said, well, congratulations, 45 days of Binance Exchange. And I was like, damn. Hi, I'm Yonki, Crypto 101 Marketing Manager. Basically, I'm doing all the promotions and a lot of admin things. Just want to say thank you for keep listening to us and really love the community. Hey, it's Elise. Hi, my name is Tina Penman and I'm the Community Outreach Liaison. I support the Crypto 101 team by spreading the word and helping with behind the scenes operations. This is Harry Foster. I've been an audio editor at Crypto 101 for the last year and I'd like to remind all of the listeners to drink more water. Throughout this episode, you're going to meet all of the people that help or have helped with Crypto 101 over the past year. You also just heard some of our first episodes, the first month or two, where we just walked through tutorials about different aspects of the space, different exchanges, different ideas and concepts. And every three episodes, I used to put out rants and commentaries. Here's some of the highlights of those. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101. This is Matthew Aaron. And this is my first rant on Crypto 101. I also have a Facebook page that nobody's on yet, <laughs> but we'll get people there. Looking at this uh, whole Bitcoin thing, is it going to split? Is it not going to split? You know, they did this whole BIP 91 and they said, oh, no, we're not going to split now because we can or, you know, we won't even look at it until, you know, late August. And then, you know, uh, Charlie from Litecoin puts out a tweet the other day and says, I don't think anybody realized, but they're probably still splitting on the first. And, you know, that caught me off guard. I'm like, wait, what? How is that? So you see, and then, and then right after that, you know, Bitcoin takes a shit. It goes from like, you know, 2,800 down to like 24. Um, and which is not even a big, big drop, but you know, whatever. It's really shitty that Bitcoin's politics are just like some other politics that are continuing to fuck people over. But we're doing this also because I want to use this as well. This is amazing. This is amazing stuff. But how can I feel confident about holding, you know, a thousand my paycheck in in a, a currency that could be worth five hundred because internal politics says, oh, we're not we're splitting, we're not splitting, we're splitting, we're not splitting. <laughs> just 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 stop it. Yo, Crypto 101, this is Matthew Aaron and this has been a crazy week, just absolutely crazy. So the Bitcoin split happened. Bitcoin, I think, touched 24 and then just went up from there. Then I was like at 29 again. And then, then the split happened. Then it was at 3,000 and then 31. And then now today it's at 32. What? What? I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little offended by Bitcoin Cash. It's kind of like, you know, they got into the number four spot of cryptocurrencies for doing nothing but leaving. It's kind of like Bill Gates's kid going and starting a company and becoming the, the biggest company in the world. Why? Because he's Bill Gates's kid. You know, it's like, just what did you do? You're, 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 what did you do? Did you make anything? Did you do anything? No, your last name is Gates, so all of a sudden you're, you know, this billionaire and everybody listens to you for no apparent reason but you're Bill Gates's kid. That's how I feel about big Bitcoin Cash. Okay, fine, Bitcoin Cash. You know what? I'm I don't, I'm not talking about you anymore because I just want you to I just want you to die. And while you're dying, please put some of that money into Litecoin. We have thirty thousand people in our Telegram community. What does what does that even mean? Is them boasting how many people are there? I don't care. What are you doing? China say ICOs are illegal, and they just dropped the market like a mic like obama dropped the mic at his white house white house correspondence dinner just dropped it that, that was the market
Yo, yo, what up? This is one of our audio editors, by the way. It's Gila Bella holding it down in New Hampshire. And when I'm not cold rocking a party behind the ones and twos or juggling my toddlers, I'm listening to my man Matthew Aaron and my man Aaron Paul on Crypto 101 and ICO 101, trying to get the latest and stay on the up and up when it comes to crypto and all things bitty. Happy anniversary, guys, and keep up the fantastic work. Hi, my name's Helen. I'm an audio editor for Crypto 101, and I hope you're all enjoying listening to the podcast. Hey, everyone. This is Ryan LaMonica, a content contributor with the Crypto 101 family since 2017. I wanted to say thank you to our listeners and readers for all of your support over the last year. It means everything to us. And I wanted to propose a toast to our collective future, the many bull markets ahead, and wish a very Happy anniversary to Matthew Aaron and the rest of the Crypto 101 family on a job well done. Here's to our future. Cheers. Crypto 101 is the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. And one of the best things about doing this show is reaching out and talking to the average consumer. Over the past 14 months, a couple dozen listeners have came on the show. Please enjoy walking down memory lane to a couple listeners that have came on the show in the past 14 months. Carl Gunnaratnam. Sure. So uh, I'm 35 years old. Uh, I live in London. Tyrone Toto McCabe. Yeah, so I'm 26. I'm doing a PhD here in Ireland on autonomous vehicles. So specifically integrating wearables and fitness devices into autonomous vehicles in the future, uh, how they can affect the handover between control of drivers and the vehicle. So that's pretty much what I'm working on. All right, Ben. Hey, how you doing, man? Very nice to meet you. I'm a... Uh... 24-year-old from a small country town in New South Wales, from Australia. I sort of uh, steer away from the, neg- the negativity because their intentions are good. Right. They want to make sure I'm you know, investing my money well or, I guess, spending my money where I'm going to get some value out of it. But um, what I do to stay positive, I try and do as much research on the particular currency. Mm-hmm. I, I'm doing things like listening to the podcast, getting a bit of direction from someone other than myself because I don't know a whole lot about it. And I try and basically educate myself and then try and educate them mm-hmm. and give them a bit of a more of an understanding because when people don't know a lot about something, they're often very skeptical and, and can criticize it. Whereas when someone understands something a bit better, they're a bit more open-minded to the idea of it. So uh, this is Alan Percal. My main job is, is running operations at a uh, full stack software engineering company based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I also run two online websites. Uh, one is is called Perk360 and the concept of Perk is that we cap content and articles. So the majority of the content on the website is capped at 360 words, trying to provide some quick reads. And then I also run a cryptocurrency website, kind of just for fun. A lot of beginner information on there called Crypto Market 360. While I'm still up, I remember those days where my portfolio was uh, somewhere like four times higher. And so it's kind of like those things that when you get in, if you invest X amount of dollars and and now you have 2X, it feels really good. But if you have X and then you get to 10X and now you're back down to 2X, those emotions and and the the psychology, we're we're all human, right? It kind of feels like you're down. Yes, I'm Nigel. I uh, got into the base, what, four or five months ago? Well, that's when I first started really studying and learning about it. Nigel, do you ever look back to January and and look at the money that you would have had if you had sold in January and regret? I probably, I don't know, maybe three or four times a week run (laughs) various calculations. Again, I'm Ronnie Rose. I know most of your listeners are men, so this is not to say, you know, Hey, man, there are too many of you in here. Leave so women can come in. No, obviously it's not. not of course. But I want to show them also you can and you will be good at crypto. It's not that intimidating. Just right. jump into it. You know, mm-hmm. we need more women just to get into these mainstream media sites and just talk about it. That's it. Just don't shut up about it. Don't right. hold it to yourself. Don't keep it to yourself. 
My name's Georgia, as you said. I'm from the north of England. I live in London in the UK at the minute. My day-to-day work is as a user researcher. So that involves working in the intersection between psychology and technology, like trying to understand people's behavior, their motivations and their needs to help businesses and designers make better decisions, basically. So that's the kind of thing I get up to. Yes. Hi, my name's Tina. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, this is Tina. You heard her earlier. Tina started off as a listener, and now she's part of the Crypto 101 team. And I have really random background. I have my (laughs) clinical doctorate in audiology, so I have that healthcare aspect. Sometimes I still see patients from time to time, but more recently, I've been doing more administrative and research-related duties. You live in the United States, Australia, or the UK. But your family is from a developing country. You send the money. But how do you send the money when the government is corrupt and unstable? My name is uh, Samuel Belay. Uh, I am an avid cryptocurrency trader. I'm 23 years old. A lot of people who are from, you know, uh, in Eastern culture, whether they're from India or Asia or, you know, uh, Africa, um, they send money back home. That's a that's a big part of life. The the that's you know remittance, remittances. That's that's yes. really big. My parents were always sending money, and uh, if you send a hundred bucks via Western Union, they take ten dollars, right. right? Or you know, and I'm just like, man, that seems like a large amount of money to be taken out of the the money that my parents are sending back to poor people. Yeah, I just felt like it was kind of like scumbaggy by nature i look at it and i think man bitcoin is going to help poor people that's 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 literally what what i think and and i I like i like that thought the thing i love about talking to the listeners is they are the average consumer they're us we can resonate if they're holding bags or buying lambos if they're doing this for their kids or doing this for their family in their home country in one way or another this is something that we all can relate to cryptocurrency is connecting us all via these stories. And I love to share them. We'll be back in a little bit after a word from our sponsors with highlights of some of the guests that came on Crypto 101 in the past 14 months. And now a word from our sponsor, Eero. Never think about Wi-Fi again. The Eero people set out to make Wi-Fi systems they wish they had in their homes. Single router systems just don't work. It's like light waves. Imagine trying to light your master bedroom from a light bulb in your living room. What you need is a distributed system. With Eero, you can install their second generation Wi-Fi system in your home in just a few minutes. Just simply download the Eero app on your iOS or Android device and it'll walk you through it. Eero sent my mom a system and we at our home had a problem. Our Wi-Fi, our main connection was in the basement. So to get it up in my mom's bedroom or out in the back garden was nearly impossible. I said, mom, don't waste time. Set this up and give me a review. She is so happy by the results. My mom is 58. My stepdad is 62. Was it easy for them to set up? They set it up within minutes. And now, in the bedroom, in the back garden, everywhere, they have Wi-Fi. The Eero app lets you manage your network from the palm of your hand so you know how many devices you're connected to at any given point, as well as the speed of the internet you're getting from your service provider. You know what your other Wi-Fi routers don't do? They don't update. So you can be vulnerable to cyber attacks without even knowing it. Euro updates constantly. Well, if you're a listener to Crypto 101, you have a special offer. Please go to Euro.com. That's E-E-R-O.com. And upon checkout, enter Crypto, C-R-Y-P-T-O, for free overnight shipping in the United States or Canada. That's E-E-R-O. RO.com and upon checkout, click overnight shipping and then the promo code crypto for free shipping. And now a word from our sponsor, NetSuite. Has your company outgrown QuickBooks? Are shared spreadsheets, manual processes, and legacy systems costing you time and money? Now is the time for you to move your business to the cloud. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. With NetSuite, you can save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, 
finance, and accounting orders and HR instantly from your desk or even your phone. Thousands of the best known brands and fastest growing companies use NetSuite to manage their business. And now it's available to you. The power of the world's most powerful cloud management system is more affordable than you think. Right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights to overcome the obstacles that are holding you back for free. Don't miss out on unleashing your business's full potential with this free guide, Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth. You'll learn how to acquire new customers, increase profits, and finally get real visibility into your cash flow. Download NetSuite's guide, Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth, for free today at netsuite.com crypto. That's netsuite.com crypto. Now, back to our show. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Aaron Paul here from ICO 101. Happy anniversary. And it wouldn't be an anniversary without you and without your support. So thank you very much for everything. It has been an honor to serve the community and grow with the community. And here's to another year. Aaron Paul has been a friend of mine for almost eight years. And when he joined the Crypto 101 team, I knew what we're going to get. We were gonna get somebody that was opinionated, well-read, and very passionate about what they do. In this business, and well, every business, you sometimes just get no calls, no shows, people stand you up for meetings, interviews, or appointments, and you usually just let it go. Well, Aaron Paul didn't let it go. And kudos to him for expressing his opinion about being stood up for an interview on ICO 101 in his fireside chat. So this week I had an interview no call, no show on me. It's not the first time. No call, no shows, unreturned emails, and broken good faith promises are part of any professional space. The ICO space is no different. Good faith is what separates professional companies from the unprofessional companies and is the medium between mostly successful and mostly failure. And the business professional who was a no call, no show in your industry, who didn't return the email, who didn't return the Skype call, they know in their hearts what they did was wrong, unprofessional, and overall, should not have happened. They have one of two options. One, contact that person no matter what and make it right as soon as possible. Write what was wrong. Number two, don't make contact. But here's the mistake on number two. The psychological effect for not reaching out weighs greater on them than it does the person who has stood up. It is almost always guaranteed that their past will cross or might one day cross. And the person who will be the most uncomfortable in this game will be the person who justified in their mind that they didn't need to follow up on a blatant professional blunder. Be professional always. Outwork your opponent. You must win. You must succeed. You might think that being stood up for a meeting or the person who didn't answer your email or text message or Skype or whatever, that you did something wrong. You might feel offended or emotional with many different feelings floating through your mind but you didn't do anything wrong. You should not feel offended and you need to control your emotions and think about the end game. You won. Trust me. I teach this all the time. There are many ICOs pre and post who fall into the above analogy. How many do you think are coming to work ready to go? How many ICOs are showing up to the meeting on time, prepared, playing offense instead of defense? You know, the ultra professional. The ICO CEO who goes out of their way to clear their email daily to ensure their people are prepared, organized, hitting key performance indicators, truly going above and beyond professionalism. How many are out there? How many do you think are unprofessional? The no call, no shows. The I'm not going to answer that dude's Skype. I can't be bothered. That person's bothering me or fill in the blank. Who, who knows what they're thinking? You will be surprised to know that there are way more no call, no shows than you might think. Who am I? in the ICO space anyways. I'm Aaron Paul. I'm just a podcaster. Who cares? No, I'm not Aaron Paul, a podcaster. I'm you, the average consumer who loves the decentralized blockchain cryptocurrency smart contract space. I'm you who's looking for the next big product, the next awesome leader, the next truly disruptive company in this space. But are we, the average consumer, being treated professionally? It doesn't feel like it sometimes, and especially now. There is an entire industry within the ICO space that is dedicated to launching ICOs with the sole purpose of getting the market cap as big as they can get it. Not because the market cap justifies the business, but because the bigger they get that market cap, the bigger the payday. Does that seem professional to you? 
Throughout the year, I've been honored to be able to sit down and converse with, interview some of the most innovative and entrepreneurial minds in the crypto space. Let's walk down memory lane and highlight some of the conversations with some of the amazing guests we had over the past year. Um, so Doug is good, and I am just really a guy who in 2013, that was when I really got into crypto in about 2013. Pat, my friend and coworker, who was a PhD student in our lab, he wasn't staff, he was just a PhD student. He was talking about Bitcoin, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I heard about it, I don't really know what it's all about. And he handed me the Satoshi white paper, and... And I read it, and honestly, that's all it took for me, really. So what was it about the white paper that you just said, all right, this is it? uh, It was the fact that we didn't need a a government or a business to handle transactions. It was Mm. just like, wait a second, yeah, why can't we do this? Why can't we have the internet of money? We have email. You know, it's so much better than writing letters and sending them to the <laughs> right. post office. Why can't we do the same thing with, with money? Right. And then the thing that really got me was, wait a second, you don't need a government, you don't need lawyers, you don't need banks necessarily. Um, these, you don't need these institutions. As Sultan, board member of Homeland Security Foundation and chief strategist of Sultan. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. An interactive group. Welcome to Crypto 101. Thanks for having me. As what is the first step for you to educate others? How do you reach out to others? And what would you suggest to those people who are already at that third step? If you're ready to educate others, I mean, listen, if you're in New York, just reach out to me because I could use a bunch of folks up here. It's always very parochial where we just kind of shove something down your throat. It's like, eat this horrible cheese sandwich, do this, you know. And I think what it has to be is like talking to people and pulling some thoughts out of them. Well, where don't you make money? How could you do better? What would be beneficial in your life? And then from that conversation, tailoring a conversation around anything related to this ecosystem and how people can get involved. Because I'm going to tell you this, this is going to be way bigger than tech in 96. Every single industry is going to be affected. And every single industry is going to have some sort of blockchain type system 
that comes in and either disrupts or changes how they do business. And if it hasn't touched you yet, trust me, by the end of 2024, we will not be living in the same world as we know it today. Jeff Berwick, a.k.a. Dollar Vigilante, welcome to Crypto 101. My pleasure. When you started Dollar Vigilante, you were like, okay, I believe in this. You know, Did you have this little doubt, like, okay, am I doing the right thing? And then eight years later, you start to get more and more justified and a little, little, little less crazy. You're like confidence building. And <laughs> now you're walking around like with your chest out, like, yeah. Well, uh, interestingly enough, when I first started it, the things I was saying were so extreme that it was really hard to even say them. It's, it's, I think I was also brainwashed to an extent. And I think we're kind of brainwashed or programmed from early childhood through the, all the systems, the education system, the television programming, all of that, not to be too radical, not to speak out too much. And I remember when I was first writing blogs in 2010, 2011, and I would say something that some people might say is fairly extreme, like government is an unnecessary evil and the central banks are just a, a absolute scam. I would have to have a couple of glasses of wine sometimes to, to write it all out. I just didn't have the full confidence. Right. Uh, and I was a little scared. You know, it's, it would seem like a scary thing at the time. And I, I remember it used to take so much out of me to write one of those. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I'd spend all day, I, I have to make it right because, you know, most people haven't heard this and if i get anything wrong they're really they're gonna, gonna attack, attack me yep. yeah so i'd really work i'd spend hours and hours and, and i'd finally hit enter and i would actually cringe and and just hope that all the comments were you're crazy you're a nut job uh, and <laughs> there was a lot of that back then and i just have another glass of wine it's like it's okay i know this information's right but it's really hard to you know just kind of like say it too much um but then after years and years and years of doing this now and then as you pointed out more people are catching on and we're getting way more evidence of how it all works. And, and people are like, you were right, you were right. Taylor Monahan of MyCrypto has been on Crypto 101 probably about three or four times talking about many different topics. And if you're not a patron, you might not know that we have a conversation with Taylor just on Patreon, where we kind of go off the rails. And in that conversation, we start opening up about what it's like to manage a crypto company on Twitter, what you can say, what you can't say, and her fears and, well, our fears as well. I hosted this one with Danny Amsalem. Hey, this is Danny Amsalem, an interviewer on Crypto 101 and founder of Decryptionary.com. Thanks so much for choosing to listen and explore concepts and technology with us. We really appreciate your attention. Here's to many more years. Taylor, Alrighty. welcome back to Crypto 101. Thanks for having me again, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's, turn, it's turning into family. I'm going to get you a, a room in the apartment here, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Taylor, thank but you very wait, much. No, that's the question. That's the question. What? Why are you guys scared? Why are you guys scared to call someone out? Here's my thing. I want to be an educator in the space, and I want to be as unbiased as possible. And I, I need to learn how to present information and ask questions that they call themselves out instead of being the person that says, hey, they suck, you suck, you suck. Because I think that makes me less credible and it makes me divisive among listeners. Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay, so I have a follow-up question. What's the breakdown, like the percentage breakdown between you being scared about like how that person may hear it and receive it and the larger like listener group what percentage of that is influencing your decision right now are you scared of the backlash of the community i'm gonna say one thing here which mm -hmm. is that i think i mm -hmm. think haters are a sign of success they're they means you're getting attention and i just think that crypto 101 is not set up for that at least not yet it may evolve, but there definitely should be like the David Letterman of crypto who just tears shit apart and is willing to get shit on by everyone just to share his opinion about what he thinks is right or wrong. But, but why, why do you pick mm -hmm. David Letterman for, about, for that? I never heard him shit on anybody. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of some talk show <laughs> host. That's the other thing. There is like an ethical question, I think, here of what responsibility do you have to disclose something like this? Mm -hmm. What responsibility do you have to the interviewee mm -hmm. to disclose something like this, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I think that having someone or having just more sort of quote unquote real journalists in this space that have the experience asking hard questions and the know-how of how to respond or deal with the backlash or the balls to, maybe it's just balls, right? Mm. Um, I think that would be a really positive thing because I will say that like, 
you know, I've tweeted a couple things that just the trolls came out, right? Like I tweeted something about gender back over the summer and it was like, I'm now really hesitant to tweet about gender. Like I'm careful and it sucks, but it's like that amount of hate. It sucks to get that amount of hate. Uh, and it sucks to watch the, the conversation devolve that way. So let me bring this, um, let me bring this back question back to you then. Um, okay. When you said fear, am I fe fearful of what it's going to happen if I do call people out and stuff like that? Yes, because I have no clue <laughs> how this is going to affect something that I really care about and what I, I enjoy doing. Uh, so right. it's easier to play, play it safe. I mean, I, I'd assume that you have the same thing uh, with my cryptos. Oh, so again, how well, now fearful I just, my you, gender are you? ones. Like if I if I tweet something about gender, about being a woman in the space, anything, I do it from my personal Twitter. I don't do it from like the my crypto Twitter. Like oh, yeah, we're keeping the my that's probably Twitter. Good, yeah. yeah, but it was hard because with the my Ether wallet Twitter, that was like my personal Twitter. Like I didn't even have a regular like a personal Twitter because I I didn't want to manage two Twitter accounts. Now I, we have like a couple people managing it. I, I, but I feel you. Anyway, I feel you. You know that it's emotionally draining, and even if you don't like, even if I can sort of like dismiss most of those comments as just like trolls on the internet or just people that aren't worth my time or twisted to be like, oh yeah, well look at it, we're getting hate. So therefore I'm doing something right. For me, it was like, I didn't want the conversation to go that way. I just right. wanted to make a point about how few women there are I at no point intended to say like we should stop hiring men or we should like handicap men, <laughs> which is how the internet of course took it. Right. But now it's like, okay, if I want to have a conversation that's like that conversation doesn't empower women, right? It doesn't it doesn't encourage women. It doesn't do anything that I that I wanted it to do. So how do I talk about whether it's gender or or any one of those like quote unquote controversial topics? How do you talk about it so that the end benefit even if there is reaction to it, and even if that reaction is negative, is productive, right? How do you, that conversation is, because disagreement inherently is not unproductive. It's when it devolves into just like hate and mean-spiritedness and, and conversations that aren't what you intended, you know? So that's, yeah, I'm always fearful that the conversation won't, <laughs> it won't do what I intended it to, which is open up a thoughtful conversation about why there's fewer women in this space and uh, how we can encourage more women. Instead, it turns into, why the fuck is my wallet fucking trying to handicap men and tell them to get the fuck out of the <laughs> Why space? is my wallet trying to handicap men? <laughs> <laughs> which is not thoughtful and productive so you know the fear series of different things that i i completely agree with what you said though my name is gabe rutan ram and i help out the guys managing the facebook page i just want to say thank you everybody who listens and spreads the word of the podcast to your friends family that means the world to us brock pierce welcome to crypto 101 Hey, yeah, well, thank you for having me. So somebody's getting informed, and they're on YouTube and listening to podcasts, but they're going to hear all kinds of things. How do you, as the average person, weed through the FUD to the truth, let's just say? Somebody's going to say Bitcoin's a scam, a Ponzi scheme. They don't understand that. Like I had somebody ask me the other day, what gives it value? What's backing it? And so when they're reading all these things, how do they get the right information? Well, it means you need to be informed, and being informed doesn't mean listening to two podcasts and spending an hour. It takes most people about six months to become informed. It means actually committing many hours of your life, eventually tens of hours of your life, to research and understanding, just like the internet. To understand the internet, you had to go create um, an email account, and you needed to send your first message, and you needed to go to some websites, and you needed to try buying something on the internet, and you needed to do those little things. And as you did more and more of it, you became more and more informed until eventually you had the ability to start thinking for yourself. You know, you weren't relying on the opinions of others anymore. You started to have your own opinion. That's when you become informed, when you start to actually have your own views and you're not relying solely on the opinions of others. That's when you've called it graduated from Crypto 101. Okay, they did the six months. They're informed. What would you recommend their next step? Buy Bitcoin? Use Bitcoin? How do they yeah. help progress I mean, this forward? 
it's not about writing a check. It's about the knowledge. It's about the experience. It's like I can talk to you about email until I'm blue in the face. Sending your first message will teach you a lot. And so, yeah, it's about investing $10, $100 because you're not really there to make an investment. You're there to, to invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. You're there to invest in your knowledge. You're, you're investing in information. And, you know, yeah, buy $100 worth of Bitcoin. Buy $100 worth of Ethereum. Buy $100 worth of EOS. You know, it's those sorts of things. It's not about the size. It's about becoming informed in this new digital age, in this new blockchain world, in this blockchain economy that we're moving into. You need basic skills. And the world is very different than the world that you live in today. You have to learn how to use a wallet. You have to learn how to secure your Internet assets. And those are things that you don't just learn in a day. It's not second nature. You know, it's kind of like when we went from the analog world to the Internet. You had to learn Mm -hmm. how to use a browser. These are all things that become second nature for us at this point, but it's a similar experience. You have to become proficient in the new world, and it starts with playing with it, experiencing it, and allowing it to become second nature. Yeah, so thanks for having me on the show. Uh, My name's Jesse. I am one of the founders of Bloom. A lot of people ask me, um, how, how do you get involved and what's the best place to get involved right now? And there, there's always there's two streams of advice I have for people. One is going down the technical route, and one is going down the non-technical route. If you're going down the technical route, I highly encourage people to get involved on the protocol levels, on building actual frameworks, looking at the code. The GitHub repos for Ethereum, Bitcoin, and all major cryptocurrencies and projects are all open source. You can read issues, you can read problems, and they're extremely, extremely welcoming to people to help. And I don't think a lot of developers feel that they could just jump in and start working on things, but they actually can. Uh, and they'll pick it up really quickly. It might be a while before their code's adopted, but they'll be able to pick it up. And then the non-technical route in, there's a lot of different places you can get involved, you know, simply from investing and holding Bitcoin and reading the news. It's just a great way to get started. But more importantly, there's so many projects. There's over 100 token projects right now, some of them with a lot of funding, some of them without a lot of funding. All of them are resources constrained by people that can help. There's, there's not a project out there that wouldn't accept free help. Um, and a lot of the founders of these projects are now notable, you know, big name people. And I think if people want to get involved, they should find a project that they resonate with and just offer to help out in their free time and see where it goes. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dave. I write a weekly blog for Crypto 101. I document my weekly goings on and write about my feelings on the crypto space, all from the eyes of a noob. You can check out my weekly blogs on the Crypto 101 blog page, and you can also find me on Twitter, at Dave Dustpan. I want to say a massive thanks to Matthew Aaron, Aaron Port, and all of the team at Crypto 101 for giving me hours of a great podcast listening. Congratulations on making it well past a year of podcasts, guys. And finally, to all of the 101ers out there around the world, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading and thanks for being part of an awesome community. Stay strong, odd long. Thanks, guys. I don't have a favorite interview. I don't have a favorite guest. Every guest brings something interesting, unique, and brilliant to the crypto space. And their unique perspectives helps new people find their own voice and find their own paths in the crypto space. However, I do have my favorite moment. And my favorite moment was when I talked to CZ Zhao, CEO and founder of Binance. And when he said this, for me, it was a mic drop. Mr. Chengpeng Zhao of Binance, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Matthew. This is a weird question. And I, I understand if you don't want to answer it, but it's just something that popped into my head right now. And I, I just have to ask it. Sure. You've became really, really wealthy very, very quick. How are you dealing with that? <laughs> right, right. Okay. I mean, so, I mean, look, I don't know what, what, what kind of money you had before, but if it was me and I had, a, I had a company, and next you know it was multi-billion dollars a day, and then your worth was you know, hundreds of millions, or I don't, I don't, I'm just guessing, throwing numbers out here. I don't want to ask, but that's extremely quick to be that wealthy. How are you emotionally, psychologically dealing with that? Right, right. So like say before last July, I was relatively okay. Um, I think I have barely achieved financial freedom even before Binance. So, but uh, if I if I live in a very modest lifestyle, so I don't really spend a lot of money on weird stuff. So I don't, I don't I'm not, I'm not luxurious. I live comfortably, but not luxurious. Mm-hmm. 
And then at some point, um, I guess last uh, November, December-ish or January-ish, I kind of had a feeling that we were making, well, I know we were making a lot of money and I know that company is worth a lot of money and I know I'm rich. But to be honest, it wasn't actually until the Forbes article, the front page that I saw it. I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess I'm really rich. <laughs> <laughs> But so I think uh, to me, the Forbes front page actually just had that effect for me, which, okay, I, I realize now I'm actually really rich. But um, my lifestyle <laughs> haven't changed very much. I still live in the same type of apartment. Um, I still, uh, I don't have anything luxurious. I don't have a watch. I don't have a car. I actually don't have a house. I, I rent. And uh, because I feel that crypto will rise in value more, much, much more than if I buy a house. So I don't want to put my investments in a house. Dr. Xin Shu Dong, CEO and founder of Zilliqa. I think, you know, when, when things, you know, look so beautiful, people start to worry that uh, whether this is too good to be true, mm-hmm. right? But, but again, I think this, if you go to the bottom here, this is a, a booming market. So, you know, it's, it's actually good for the whole ecosystem to sort of leverage this, this current marketplace to develop a real tech. That's mm-hmm. my feeling, you know. We cannot just stop at this. We cannot stop at, you know, being very happy and complacent about the market cap. Or, you know, it also doesn't make sense for us to keep worrying about when it will collapse someday. Because right. eventually it goes <laughs> back point. to, yeah, what, what kind of things these uh, blockchain projects can deliver. What kind of real world applications that can be built on, on blockchain that will change people's lives. I still feel at this stage, the whole blockchain, you know, industry or ecosystem is about uh, is about a potential. It's mm-hmm. about a very nice promise, right? People right. people realize that. So that's why more and more people coming to this market, and then the market of kind of, you know goes up. And then at some point we have to deliver. Right. We can't just keeping talking about potential without delivering the actual stuff. Right. So you know that's that's my main thought. Before we go and get off for this round of conversations between Crypto 101 and Hazem Al-Nakib. Do you have any closing statements about human rights, the blockchain, the internet, transactions, or any of the plethora of other things that we talked about today? <laughs> I would say, uh, as, as, as we were talking about earlier, right, every, everything really comes down to choice and, and having as many choices as possible to determine for ourselves. That's what enables an individual to take part in the self-determination of, of a community or a group of people to determine their political, cultural, and, and social and, and economic future. And that is freedom. So whatever we look at when we're trying to assess any of these things, Things in terms of should somebody be able to, should they have access to, should they have the right to a particular thing in and of itself, it's important to look at it from that standpoint. But it's also important not to, you know, uh, disenfranchise people just because we don't know them, we haven't been around them, uh, or they seem very, very far away. So whatever analysis that comes to, it should apply globally to everybody. And, and that is something I, I really, really stress. The the other point is that the technology remains at infancy, and I think the greatest value is going to be seen through the convergence of different technologies. And the next next five to 15 years, I think, is, is going to demonstrate so much in, in the, the broader distributed ledger technology space. So whenever you look at, look at how they can be improved, um, because I think it truly is, you know, it's, it's the people listening to this that are going to improve it. And always use common sense, you know, uh, think about it for yourself. You'll usually, more often than not, come to a conclusion that you truly believe and, and that is right. I think my final point is that an individual can go to work his boss has a stack of cash. His work gets a little bit of piece of that stack of cash. And we're talking about cash, paper, fiat, money. And that, <laughs> that, and that individual then goes and uses that money to buy whatever he wants to buy for his daily life. Just because we're getting digital with just about everything that we're doing, we have to protect that freedom. The freedom that a worker, no matter where, can go to work get paid in a currency, whatever the currency that is, and it's probably gonna be digital in the future, and go and use it in any way. We don't know where that worker is from. We don't know what he does. We don't know his address. And when you're cash, that's fine. He could be a dishwasher, you know, <laughs> from wherever he is working in a kitchen in Miami, who knows? But, he's, but he still has that freedom with, with cash. And just because we're digital, I don't think that it's a good road to go down to start being able to cut people off of that freedom. And that's, tra- and that's that transaction or that way to transact. I guess that's my main point. 
My name is Savan Margarosian, and I'm one of the audio editors for Crypto 101 and ICO 101. Matthew, congratulations to your anniversary. Thanks for all your hard work in keeping us all informed in the crypto space. And to all you listeners out there, if your friends and family need a place to start on their crypto knowledge, this is definitely the place to be. Have them subscribe to the podcasts on iTunes, and let's blast off to the moon together. Hey everyone, I'm Mark Van Horn, Sales Director for Crypto 101 Media. Uh, right now is the time that really tests your commitment to the crypto world. And if you're still here, congratulations. Uh, you've ruined your stripes. Uh, crypto is a crazy ride, and I'm still excited to be on it. This is only the beginning. Sure, sure. Well, um, name's Jamie Skeller, uh, co-founder of Horizon State. You said you're going to a barbecue after this, right? I've actually just arrived at the barbecue place. I said I need to borrow a spare room that's quiet. So I'm at, I'm at my friend's place at the moment. And uh, I've got a barbecue now and then uh, off to uh, a wedding party after that. Can I put this in the, in the interview? <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> right on, man. Because I, I really like when people like know who they're talking to. Like I, I think like some of these people uh, in, in the blockchain world that they really get you know blown up where like, there's almost superstar status. And it's like, these are dudes. These are real people. Like, we like drinking beer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Wow, you're just a normal guy. It's like, yeah, man, we're all just people, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. What are some of the possible dangers of a horizon state democracy on the blockchain? Um, look, I, I think in, re, in respect to risks, it really ties back into the last answer, which was that with this technology comes the opportunity to enable communities to make decisions more rapidly. But are we improving the quality of those decisions? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, technology is increasing in an exponential fashion. Uh, each individual uh, is empowered in uh, brand new ways uh, to to affect themselves and their communities and ultimately the world. And the, the question really is, how do we ensure that our uh, capability for quality decision-making also becomes exponential along with that technology? Because we are racing towards a world where maybe in the not-so-distant future, um, you know, right now you can 3D print firearms. Uh, and, and certainly there is no doubt that sometime into the future you'll be able to 3D print uh, a nuclear weapon. And when you have mm. people, for example, that um, independently and individually can wield that kind of power. We need to uh, we need to hope. Well, we don't need to hope. We need to work towards a future where we have also empowered people to make better uh, decisions. And so, the kind of technology that Horizon State is working on now, I think, is an important first step. Sure. Uh, so my name is Joey Krug. I'm from a small town in Illinois called Knoxville. Imagine you have one of these markets that's like, will Trump, you know, become president in 2020 again? Right. Um, you know, or will Kanye? Um, or will be someone else. After the election happens, you need a way to resolve that market. Mm -hmm. So what you need to happen is you need for people who say Kanye wins, even people who bought Kanye shares to get paid out, you need the people who bought Trump to lose money. The kind of obvious thing is, is, is to say, well, why don't we just ping an API that has that result? <clears throat> like surely the CNN election API, we can just get it from that. The problem with that is you know, twofold. One is Blockchains like Ethereum don't have internet access. They can't ping an API, so they can't actually get the result. And then the second problem is, even if you could, since prediction markets will have lots of financial and monetary incentives surrounding them, mm -hmm. CNN or whatever could change the API result and resolve the market wrong. Right. Now, sure, if he can win $100 doing that, he's not going to do it. But what if it's $100 million? Right. He might. Um, and so that, that's the kind of the big, the big problem, that and the lack of internet access. So the next obvious way to solve this problem is you say, okay, well, why don't we just um, you know, appoint someone to do it and we'll pay him to do it? Mm -hmm. That has the same problem as the CNN guy. He can you know, buy the other side, say that um, Trump won even though he didn't, or in the case of, say, a market on Apple's price, he could say that Apple closed at zero um, and short Apple and make a bunch of money even though Apple really closed at you know, 165 or something. And so that, that's the problem. And the way we, we approach solving it is we say, well, why don't we distribute this across a bunch of different people those people are called reporters. Each of those reporters will have reputation associated with them. And reputation is like the best word we, we can think of to describe it. Mm -hmm. But it's not even it's not even the perfect word for it because what it is is it's not reputation like you have like five stars on Amazon or, you know, A++ on eBay. Right. It's, it's, a, very, it's a very weird reputation. It's a very economic reputation. Mm -hmm. And the way it works is so there'll be a market like, you know, how many images of rain fell in Chile on this day? As a reporter, you'll say, well, 12 inches of rain fell. 
and I'm willing to back that. I'm willing to stake it with my reputation. Right. And my reputation is something that has economic valuable value. It's actually tradable. And I'm willing to say, I'm saying, I'm willing to lose this reputation if I'm lying. Mm-hmm. So if in reality, 55 inches of rain fell, I'm going to lose this. That's what I'm saying. Mr. Rongchen, founder of Elastos, welcome to Crypto 101, sir. Thank you. Right. What advice would you give that person just getting into the space right now? I want to emphasize the keyword common sense. Mm. Because as I said, uh, a ledger is not decentralized. That's common sense. Oh, and I, I don't know if that's kind of common sense. <laughs> uh, oh, no, one ledger, right? One ledger oh, okay. we can trust. One ledger we can trust. Blockchain is building one ledger. Mm-hmm. World computer is one computer. Mm-hmm. And uh, one computer cannot be decentralized. That said, and so many projects bragging about TPS, transaction per second. Mm-hmm. What is a transaction per second? You know, 10 years ago, people uh, assembled their PCs. I don't know if people still do. They, they, they will ask how many CPUs are um, on this motherboard? Right. right. How much memory does it have? Oh, what is the capacity of the hard drive? Remember those days? You know, oh, my CPU is two gigahertz. Yeah. And yours is <laughs> 1.3. Oh, heck, mine is better than yours. You know, I got quad core. You got single core. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, right? But then, you know, speed, does speed make a difference? Yes, it does. But to what extent? Hmm. I mean, if we're envisioning a future, speed is nothing to do with the future, hmm. right? Because people never ask about what's the speed of the internet? What is the speed of the operating system? What is the speed of your game? And if people brag about TPS, they're really literally barking on the wrong tree because no matter how fast is your computer, I mean, of course, as I said, a supercomputer create, you know, faster than yours. I mean, to some degree, it's a good thing to do scientific calculations. Right. But can I put it in my pocket? Right. One computer definitely is not going to solve all problems. Mm-hmm. One computer can never solve all com- computer problems. That's common sense. And also the speed of that computer in the history of computer science, that's literally irrelevant. When we talk about the future, right? Then basically, I, when I see blockchain projects talking about TPS, that's so pathetic. <laughs> well, actually, now now that we went down this road, and I want to say that you're very passionate about what you just said here when they're talking about TPS. I'm a sucker for it. I will say that I have looked at companies. Well, okay, let me, let me rephrase this. There's a lot of companies coming out right now that are trying to solve Ethereum's scalability problem. And we've saw that you know transactions per second is a, is an issue when you're talking about sending things through the Ethereum network. CryptoKitties was a big choke on the network. So people have said, you know what? We have to solve that problem. And they come out and they say TPS, TPS, TPS. Why is that not, why is that irrelevant? Because as I said, basically when you run apps, you're running it on the iPhone, you're running on the Android phone, you're running on the internet. You're not running the app on the blockchain. The blockchain actually is centralized. Let's say CryptoKitty. CryptoKitty, Mm -hmm. right? They have a, a, a cloud server somewhere from their company. Mm-hmm. And then they have so-called a trustworthy ledger based on blockchain, Ethereum. Basically, that's a trustworthy ledger with the centralized the cloud server on your browser. Basically, got three things. They are not really decentralized. What if the cloud server crashed? Are mm-hmm. you still able to run this crypto kitty, right? You cannot. If the server crashed, you, you don't have a kitty anymore. So basically, when everyone is using blockchain, the Ethereum blockchain, that's logically a centralized ledger with more trust. That's a star architecture, right? All the browsers going into that ledger. Mm -hmm. Is that logical? And that's why people have to use common sense, have to go back to computer 101 instead of blockchain 101. That's what they need. Hey guys, this is Glenn Veach, resident Crypto 101 writer down in Australia. Thanks for listening, thanks for reading, and thanks for being part of the best crypto community on the planet. 
Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101 and helping us celebrate our anniversary. It was fun and a little cringeworthy walking down memory lane, but thank you for sticking with us throughout the hour. Through all the guests, the listeners, and the topics, I wish I had enough time to put them in one episode, but I don't. So if you're curious about who was on or what was said on Crypto 101, check out our past episodes. But for now, here's to the future, and here's to many more episodes of Crypto 101. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.